0: I mean, there's always something to learn. Like you mm-hmm. never can know it all. You can yeah. still be surprised. There's creative, mm-hmm. and there's always And I, I think the other thing is that once you've done it, you know you can do it, and that, that's really heady to know mm-hmm. that you can bring together the pieces to make it happen. That you can make a difference, and every building makes a difference. Yeah, agreed.
1: Marita matters. Advocacy. Thoughtful.
0: I get inspired by
2: my colleagues.
1: I think the value of Merida is, is the people.
2: The value of Marita. The value of Merida is immense. Because Merida Matters. Welcome, friends. Another episode of Merida Matters. This is a new and fun way to get behind the scenes a bit. This podcast lets you listen in on conversations with the people who are driving responsible development in Maine. I'm Shannon Richards, vice president of Merida and owner of a small real estate design construction company called HayRunner. Joining me today as co-host is Craig Young. Hey, Craig.
1: Hi there, and I am the current president of Merida, and a partner and a broker at the Bowles Company, and uh, happy to see our guests here today.
2: Me too. So to listeners, thank you for joining us today. You likely know if you're listening to this, Merida is the Maine Real Estate and Development Association. Merida is a nonprofit real estate association supporting responsible real estate development in Maine. We produce educational and networking events and advocate for policy that supports responsible development.
1: And while speaking of our members, I'd also like to thank all of our members, and particularly those that have helped make our first season of Marita Matters possible with their sponsorship, such as our gold sponsors, MBT Bank, and Landry French Construction. Thank you all for your support.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Craig. And thank you all to our members. All right. I'd like to introduce our guest today. I'm very excited because I know both of these ladies from past professional and current professional circumstances, and I'm just completely honored they're here to join us today. Catherine Cully and Erin cooper Ryder, welcome.
0: Thank
3: you. Thank
2: you. Awesome. Great to have you. Okay, so welcome, and I'm going to uh, just introduce you a little bit here, and then we'll kind of get going. Uh, many thanks again for joining us. We're excited to bring to stage two successful women in development. This is a largely male-dominated industry, such as design, construction, and certainly finance is, which are all needed to uh, produce successful developments. Um, Not to overstate the role of gender, but looking to highlight success as it can come in a lot of different forms. And we're looking to recognize these differences and recognize that creative problem-solving can sometimes come from different ways of thinking and new ways of approaching a given problem. So, Catherine is a partner and co-founder of Redfern Properties. She provides vision and project management on all Redfern's developments. She's got a keen focus on sustainability issues. Prior to Redfern Properties, Catherine was a founder and owner of Cheney, Cully and Associates, an event management and logistics firm in Seattle. Catherine holds a BA from the University of Virginia, and Aaron is a principal at New Height Group, joining them in two thousand and fifteen where she manages currently the contracting, permitting, financing, and construction. Part of that, she had almost 20 years as the Development Director for Community Housing of Maine, or CHOM, as we call it a lot of times. She has expertise in historic tax credits, low-income housing development, financing, zoning, is an award-winning developer being recognized for three historic projects and three LEED-certified projects and the first multifamily passive house project in New England. That's huge. So between these two developers, they brought over 1,000 units to the market, a variety of types, single-family, multifamily, low-income rental, condo. Hugely impressive, and many thanks again for joining us.
3: Thanks for having and, us. Yeah. And that's for just, just their day minute. job. I, I know.
1: <laughs> They're also moms <laughs> and, and wives and I mean, community that's when, leaders. Well, and that's what we're I, here
2: to find out. We, there's so
1: much. I was saying, you know, before everyone got here, Catherine and I were talking, and I'm like, we could interview each of these ladies individually. I They're agree. so accomplished, they've built so much. I'm just in awe. I like, agree. I have a question I'm going to get to it and at some point of the day. You'll know when I ask it because I really want to get to know you better.
0: Well, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I thought for a minute you were going to say between us, we had about a thousand years of experience. It
3: feels like it.
2: (laughs) Seriously. End of the day. Um, Well, I I think the way that we usually start is a little background and that was, you know, the bio, what you guys, you know, a little bit of the CV, but um, I think where a lot of people are interested in where you came from and how your journey started. And Catherine, you and I haven't talked in a long time. No, it's been a while. I know. And it's great to see you. Um, But you did tell me a long, long time ago how you got started. And it was such a, it's like, I think, a common story for a lot of our developers. So I was hoping, would you mind just giving us a
3: little background? Uh, Just in terms of just like getting your hands dirty, really. Yeah. You know, started with flipping my own house in Seattle. Right. And then um, we came here and bought a building and just kind of managed the construction on our own too, like, Driving down to IKEA, buying all the kitchens, putting them all together, mm-hmm. you know, doing yeah. whatever had to be done. Yeah. And how long so, ago would that have been? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm terrible with years. But that would be like oh six, maybe, oh seven? And you were in Seattle? We were in Seattle. Ce- oh well we, the first project we did here was oh six or seven. Yeah. But Seattle would have been like uh two thousand one. Yeah, 2000. And what brought you guys to Maine? I forget. Uh, Jonathan grew up here.
2: Oh, okay, right. Yeah.
3: So we had a baby, and we were like, "What are we going to do with ourselves? We could stay here, and or we could move to Maine, yeah. where our family is."
2: I think that's a common story we hear. People who have like a romantic attachment or a historic attachment came to summer camp, and they come back. Yeah. So that was you
3: guys. Yeah.
1: And what was the first project? It was flipping houses. It like was how a lot well of that kind
3: of, well. Seattle, our Seattle house, we didn't pretty well on. Um, and then our first project was actually on Neal Street. It was six units, I want to say.
1: Yeah. So modern six units, six or 12. I remember. It I wasn't see. the Hiawatha. No,
3: <laughs> no. Yeah, no. It was, and in fact, it was in like, it must've been like 2006 because I feel like everyone's like, you're crazy to do this because the market was going down in mm. condos, but it was an it was meant to be affordable, right? And attain like low price, mm-hmm. attainable entry market condos, which yes. is what they were. Yeah. At great. the time. Like single moms and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. And yeah. so yeah, this is what I think we're probably gonna dive into a little bit more. Um, so then Aaron, would that be it doesn't I based on what I know of you because you and I have spent a lot of time in similar spaces around the last few years together. Um I was a sub letter of them. During the pandemic, they had too much office and I didn't have enough. And right, I remember that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we got to see each other in the hallways basically. Um so what's
0: your background? Not that, right? No, and actually I never intended to become a developer. I started out I went to graduate school for journalism and I went to work in Los Angeles. And when I moved to Maine I had um, trouble finding a job in publishing, and so I ended up working for a development company, mm-hmm. sort of in a assistant project manager position. So my first project in Portland was a custom house square garage. Wow!
2: Oh,
0: yeah. Um, oh, interesting. And I was working for Jamie Whalen at the time. Yeah. and We were all working for Michael Liberty. That's right. Oh wow! Yeah. wow. So I grew that up was. Up. That was a you know so, interesting first project. That's interesting connection. Now, I
1: have to stop a moment and say to my daughter Lily, if you're listening, did you hear Journalism major, living yep. in LA, <laughs> not enjoying it, wanting to come home. <laughs> there's there's a process here.
0: Yeah, we're all actively well, recruiting good yeah. people to come back to Maine. Yeah, it's fine, leave, but come well, back. So actually, clarification: I'm not from Maine. No, yeah, I, I married somebody who lived in Maine, so well, that's so why Maine. Maine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So
2: yeah, and that's what I think we're kind of interested too, like the background there. Like, was it um, was it hard to relocate here or think about Maine back? Like, what year was that? Uh,
0: it was in the '80s, the late '80s. Yeah, I, mean, I want to say '88, '89. So much has happened since then. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Maine, Portland was not the same place. Yeah. Um I know now what I didn't know then—that it's a very relational place, yeah. and yeah. so you don't get a job by answering the ads in the newspaper. No. You know, yeah, went yeah. a long way with LL Bean <laughs> before I figured out that wasn't going to be a good fit. <laughs> so, everybody, anybody in Maine ever applied to LL Bean?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't know. But then you worked for Chom. I'm assuming you got yeah. a lot of your experience.
0: I got all my through... experience on the job. Yeah. But before I went to work for Chom and after I left Liberty Group, I also worked for Pam Bleichman. Oh. We did a we uh, started up an asset, a small asset management company and we liquidated one to four single family residential real estate assets in 46 states for the Resolution Trust Corporation. So oh. we were sort of doing what Recall did or a portion of what Recall did selling bank-owned assets. And that was, in what year? Early 90s. Right, yeah. and so there was the...
1: And did you work with Rainy Lewis at that time as well? I could, didn't,
0: but I went to college with Rainy so she's uh, an old friend.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, we could have brought her in on this as well. She's another very
0: accomplished But that was, lady. I
2: worked for um, Peter Wellen for a long time. He was yeah. a landlord here in town, and he yeah. took um, access. He, he took properties that had kind of gone under during that 90s, yeah. resettling, and a lot of things had gone into yeah. insurance agents, yeah.
0: um, insurance holdings, and then had to be kind of... Resold. These were all bank-owned assets, yeah. and then the banks failed, and so the the federal government owned the assets. So the mm-hmm. job was to liquidate and return mm-hmm. capital to the federal government. You're right.
1: And were you doing any renovations at that time, or we you were simply selling them? I off? mean,
0: some, you know, some of them were badly deteriorated. A lot of them were in not great yeah. zip codes. Many of them were, uh, you know, two or three or four family buildings that were occupied. Well, that must have been challenging. Yeah, it was very challenging.
1: So, when do you do your first development? How long ago was that?
0: So, my first development, where I was the project manager, uh, <laughs> let's see, two thousand and four. So you kind of you skipped oh. over a little yeah. bit there. Yeah. Yeah. So, then- so I went from uh, from Glycman Asset Management later Gamex mm-hmm. LLC uh, to the Signal Group. Laura Burns and I started that company years ago and we were essentially consulting for small businesses in Maine, Mm -hmm. helping them monetize their real estate assets. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of taking that knowledge you had from? Yeah. So we did market study work for syndicators. You know, Mm -hmm. we worked outside of Maine as well as inside of Maine. Mm -hmm. And then in 2001, I was on the board of directors of community housing in Maine and we were trying to hire a development director mm. and after a year of looking while i was also consulting i finally said okay i'll take that job oh yeah but i want to work part-time from my home and i want all the money <laughs> <There> <laughs> which i mean it wasn't a huge Not, salary to begin with so. but now that's kind of common yeah, yeah. you're just like ahead of yeah. the
2: curve on yeah. that one
0: yeah so we, you know the what i was trying to accomplish then charm was pretty small it was focused on um you know creating uh housing, affordable housing with supports for special mm-hmm. needs populations. That's the mission focus. Mm-hmm. So um, they had done one tax credit deal that hadn't gone well. And my goal having come off the board was to sort of help rebuild those relationships, mm-hmm. do a successful tax credit deal, you know, help contribute financially to the company. Mm-hmm. You just sort of get sucked into that. I mean, it takes a while to get a project like that off the ground. So once you're under construction and you're finishing construction, you're looking at the next two, three, four, five deals down the line, and Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you look back and say, wow, that was 10 years like that.
2: Yeah. Well, so that's an, an interesting point. Um, if you look at the projects that you've done that are most impressive and probably to Catherine, like a lot of them are tied to historic tax credits and the Liberty Group. And
3: things. We only have two, which would be Mercy and 45. So That's kind of new to us. Ours have been straight market rate cash along the way. Yeah. We haven't really borrowed any government money. So until now,
2: yeah. So, so the new one when you say 45, is
3: that that's the old telephone building? That, oh, okay, so which doing... is currently and under you bought construction. that from Dick McGulchrey? No, it? from the telephone oh, no. from Consolidated oh, okay. Communications.
2: Yeah, so and that's your one of your first historic tax credit projects. Yes,
3: well, Mercy, I'd say I, I don't know if they came online at the same time, but yeah, around the same time. At the same time, it's the yeah, same, essentially the same
2: time. <laughs> so Talking about your current project at Mercy, you, can you just give us a little insight on like what is the arrangement? You're both working on the same project, right? So how did that come together? What's the background
3: well, you there? You take that one, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, I got this. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: we're uh, you know, so New High Group and Redfern Properties are fifty fifty partners. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a great partnership to us. We're really you know pleased to be partnering up with Jonathan and Catherine, a couple of really smart, ambitious people doing important things in Portland. Mm. Um, We had gone into a request for proposal process that Mercy Hospital initiated in 2018. Um, With a team, we we styled the Mercy Redevelopment Team. Mm -hmm. So we had gone in with Community Housing in Maine and the Portland Housing Authority as partners. And we had a vision for the campus that included sort of a range of housing choice, redeveloping the hospital into housing, creating some new construction housing on the campus, um, some for sale, some for rent. You know, we, at that point, you know, you're just proposing something to the hospital. So we got to the last round. We got to the interview round. Uh, we were successful in the bid. How many people do you know how many submissions? I Well, I know that they interviewed three teams in the end. They were mm-hmm. all teams. So it was yeah. all a yeah. team. And uh, it's, usually, it's just really competitive. Yeah, I mean, there. You know, we were, we were the home team. We sort yeah. of, we were stood out. I, I mean, there were other players certainly in Portland mm-hmm. that were involved in this process. Yeah. Um, but this is
1: an important project. Yeah, huge. I was born there. <laughs> My children were born there. We talked about this yesterday, right, Erin yeah. and I did. Yeah. This is a really important building. i gave birth a lot there
3: of, twice. You gave birth there, <laughs> <in>, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so this it's is a special. really
1: important yeah. property the there.
3: to oh, a really? lot yes. of
1: people, it's not true. just in Portland but in yeah, Maine. It's true. And. Um, You know, there's a religiousness there as well with the the Ladies of Mercy, the Mm -hmm. uh, Sisters of Mercy. So it's important. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you feel that and people have gotten back to you on that. Mm
3: -hmm. Oh, we hear that. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. 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 It's huge.
1: Now, before we go too far into what happened to Mercy, I'd like to back up because your resumes are very impressive. Mm -hmm. Can we just go over a few of the other developments you got to? Because you (laughs) didn't really go from doing a six unit Mm. to building 250 units, (laughs)
0: right? right? And
1: and your paths are a little different. Um, So, if we could, Catherine, maybe you could talk about what you and Jonathan did. You built a six unit. I know you and Paul Peck built something on on Pine Street. Yep.
3: We had another, we had. we did Neil Street. We had one on. Um, oh now I can't even remember the roads. Um, Winter? No, that's new. That's new. Um, part of Mercy, and then it was, so it was on. Um, oh, it's right behind the school, right behind Reiki. Reiki. We did that one, and then Clark did, Street. Yeah, was it was. Clark? Was it Clark? Yeah. It, Clark. Um, it might have been Clark. Mm-hmm. I can't remember did that one and then another con- that was a condo did another condo on um Pleasant Street um
1: How many units roughly?
3: That one was like 6. So and you're I- still
1: in the lower so under lower, ten. Units. Yeah,
3: and I yeah, and I was very I running those job sites, mm-hmm. GCing everything. And then that's that was 2008 when shit hit the fan. Sorry, can I say Absolutely. Like, literally, we closed on one of those units, and the next day, Lehman went bankrupt. You know, so that put everything completely on a hard Mm right. I I think we... I can't remember if we had started the Redfern House, which was the lead platinum house. Yeah, I was just gonna ask about that because
2: when I met you you were doing you had kind of parceled off a little bit and yeah. you were doing more single family. Single family and he, and he was, was doing multi.
3: Yeah. And so we were running we were doing spec homes and then people started asking us to build them That's homes. Right. Yep. So then we kind of branched off into this whole home building yep. scenario. Um and then we shifted back over with Weston Place, mm-hmm. kind of. So Weston Place was with Paul Peck, and that we actually went down the HUD route of that, mm-hmm. and it was, God, what is that? 2011, maybe? maybe yeah. 12? I don't know. How many
1: units is that? That's that fairly one good is size.
3: 36. Yeah, that yeah. one is where you guys started to like
2: level up. But yeah. you would also yeah. you were doing, like you said, still doing homes, single family homes too. and that
3: one, right? And then we went down the HUD process, and it took so long. And then the, our local lending community is amazing, mm, and ended up dropping HUD <laughs> mid process, going with a bank. Got that one going, and then, and then it kind of just got bigger from there. Ended up doing Mudjoy Heights, yep. which was the 26 townhomes on the hill. Yep. And then 89 Anderson came after that, which is 52 units. Mm-hmm. And then we did a little project that's like 10. It's 10 townhomes that are for rent for mm-hmm. families, three bedroom townhomes. And then did Hiawatha, which is 136 yeah. units. So yeah. So you kind of kind work of your way up. up.
1: Really, yeah. my point is that one of the reasons I like doing this is hopefully there are young men and women out there who want to be developers, Yeah. and they learn that you really do start out with doing a six unit. Yeah. you build a ten, you get to thirty units, yeah. and then maybe you go to a hundred or two hundred. It just uh, you didn't just start here. Yeah. And Aaron, your path is somewhat similar. You were building really high end condos.
0: Well, I started in affordable no, housing. yeah, affordable so housing. Oh, okay. It was multifamily, and actually, my first project was like a single family home. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, respite care for the Department of Health and Human Services. It was just a house. Mm-hmm. So community housing in Maine does small things. They do a lot of their sweet spot is four units mm-hmm. existing renovations. for the special needs populations, and then the tax credit side is more family senior. And those projects for lots and lots of years, you know, the standard project size was about 25 units. So Mm -hmm. the first one I did was 24, and the second one I did was 23, and the next one I did was 26. So they were all about that size, Mm -hmm. and that's really driven by the availability of subsidy. Mm -hmm. Um, And when main Housing started um, sort of putting cost caps in place, you need to spread the, you know, the, all the soft costs of the project across all more units that drove, you know, larger projects, more units, mm-hmm. smaller units. So those things started creeping up. So the next one was That's 30 and 36 and uh, 46. So they were sort of inching up. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but all affordable housing?
2: All affordable housing. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But some of the same drivers you just mentioned that we deal with right now, you know, doing the bigger projects, Mm -hmm. which is one of the things I want to talk about. Like, it's hard to do a project, let alone a project in Portland right now. You've got, like, cost of construction, you've got labor, you've got... um, No
3: lay down space, renting sidewalk, utilities... (laughs) I just got a quote for a 3,000-square-foot office because we're doing an office, mm-hmm. right, to rejig the electrical. 3,000 square feet. It's like 12 offices. Mm-hmm. Guess how much the quote was. So. Uh, 36K? At $83,000. Wow. 83. Oh well, 83.
1: <laughs> it's, it's just silly. You have to laugh. Um,
3: I mean, it's it should be 30, you know, right. literally. But, like, that's... You're right. That's, That's what we we're are. dealing with. We're mm-hmm. dealing with people that I feel like in that scenario that are so tired, mm-hmm. and they're just putting crazy numbers yeah, out there.
2: Yeah, we have, we have a we call that a certain kind of number yeah. back at the office. Yeah. we won't get into yeah. that right now. Yeah. But yeah,
1: but you're building um, affordable housing, and when do you move into oh yeah um, market rate something different?
0: So, I want to say it was two, it was 2007 when I met Chip Newell, who's, mm-hmm. who started New High Group 40 years ago in Denver. Mm-hmm. And he was moving that. to Maine cool. to retire. Mm-hmm. His college roommate from Bowden is a mutual friend. So, I met him at a dinner party mm-hmm. he and his wife. He's doing a great job retiring. <laughs> <laughs> he's our senior advisor. He's still involved, and we're happy to have him when we can get him. Yep. So, uh, Chip and I did... I was did, being sarcastic because yeah.
2: he's still working so much is oh, what yeah. I mean. But yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. He is doing a little bit better job this year of okay. being a senior advisor than he's done in previous years, yeah. so doing more traveling. Yeah. Um, but he and I did a couple of projects together on a volunteer basis, so we did some work for the Booth Bay region, YMCA. We chaired oh, their yeah. building committee and built their new natatorium, which is now 12 years old, mm-hmm. and we did the same thing for Coastal Enterprises for their oh, cool. platinum office building in Brunswick. So we had work together, had a And you're yeah. on the board there? I was. Yeah, I was on the board for eight years there. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 That's a lot of good projects. And Chip is currently the board chair. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, good.
2: That's awesome. They do a lot of good work.
0: Yeah, they do. So Chip sort of said, hey, come do another project with me. So Mm -hmm. I was sort of straddling the affordable market rate world for a while, working for CHOM and doing some work for a new high group. And then in 2015, you became a principal there. Mm -hmm.
2: And so now you're like, well, I've been doing it this It took really a few well. more years to ease out <laughs> of Tom, so they have hired some
0: really great, bright young people. I've just wanted to see what they're doing.
2: They're still doing a lot of work. Then. They are. Yeah. They are. Well, yeah, we should do something with them. Mm-hmm. We should get them on here. Are we should. Sure? I don't know enough about it. Well, um, so now you guys are doing uh, some of the most substantial uh, projects in the state, I would say. Yeah. Um, and we have another breakfast coming up down the road. But one of the things, which is going to, we're going to have a couple of, I think Jonathan's coming, we have a Marita breakfast coming up, and you're going to sit with him at that too, right? You're coming?
0: Okay. okay. I
3: have no idea. I care, Marita. We Why? don't talk to each other. I have my so. whole <laughs> That's
2: the sign of a
0: good marriage, I, I think.
1: But to talk about that, the Federal Street property <laughs> yeah. is now, it's the tallest building in Portland. Is it the tallest building in Maine? Or is that still an Augusta property?
2: Allegedly. No. It I- is. Is it, it is the tallest? tallest one besides the new one that you guys are building is the brutalist concrete building right up the road here at Franklin Arterial and yeah. Cumberland.
1: But it's certainly one of the largest buildings or tallest buildings in Maine. And how many units will Federal Street have? And this is for those who don't know, this is right in downtown Portland, across from one city center,
3: mm-hmm.
1: somewhat across from City Hall, um, all location, right? Yeah. Um,
3: fantastic how
1: many units I know it's, it's
3: 200 and some odd units I can't so there's a lot of numbers yeah 260
1: or 243
3: maybe something yeah. like
1: that and then yeah. the mercy property we talked about in its own right is iconic yes is another 250 some 165 odd units? 165 units yep. so combined you're talking you know 400 units
0: and we have,
3: um, plus we have 500 under construction right now Red right, right. how many because 500 you including have 500 45, units. And 45 201 Federal, and Mercy. Yep. So
1: you're not really busy at all. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and now we actually added just 10 more. That's right. <laughs> nice job. That yeah. is. What, on, at Mercy? On Winter Street.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh. Winter Street. Cool. Yeah, on the Mercy campus.
1: So I love this. What, sort of what drives you to be this ambitious? And then I want to sort of step into...
2: That's exactly as, what I want to know. As <laughs> women...
1: What do you bring to the table that, say, your cohorts who are are dopey men like me, um, (laughs) what do you folks bring to the table that you notice is just different than the men around you? So what drives you and why?
0: Which question first? Either. That's, yeah. I want to start by saying how how much I have admired the colleagues' guts. (sighs) Just coming back to Weston Place, like you, you two were the first, I think, development team who could successfully build New construction market rate apartments in 20 years. Mm -hmm. It it was like 50 years. I mean, it was a long time. It was really, really impressive. We were all sitting around with our jaws open going, how did they do that? Absolutely. Yeah. Smarts, timing, opportunity, but I think...
3: I'm a huge risk impressed. taker, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it's no, no. in my blood. I don't know why. But you can tell. I don't gamble because I gamble with my life on a daily basis. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> need you to know, go to a casino. That. I, <laughs> that
1: I know a number of developers who I think um, will take big chances, but they won't go to a casino no and gamble. Way. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Same. No. I know. It's so funny. Well, I don't want to do that because I don't know how. Yeah. I
0: mean, I'm sure that I would lose my shirt. So, <laughs> yeah, <Totally>. exactly. <laughs>
1: so, again, what, what drives you? You were just saying.
0: Oh, I love building science. I really do. I like the buildings. I mean, I, mm-hmm. for, certainly in the affordable business, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so important and so needed. And there's so, I don't know, so much demand for it. I mean, even in the day when NIMBY was sort of in control, mm-hmm. um, Not you know, somebody would call. I mean, everything community housing in Maine did during my tenure was because somebody asked mm-hmm. somebody called from Ellsworth and said we have a desperate need here mm-hmm. we've got families in the shelter we got to get the kids out of the shelter mm-hmm. or you know we have we really need housing on vinyl haven how do we get mm-hmm. housing out here we don't have any we don't know how to do it mm-hmm. please come help us so everything we did was driven by community like needs. a call to action asking. by the community. Yep. Yep. And that's what's
3: driving you. So that
1: was community driven. Yes. I, I'm guessing, Catherine, that yours was not community I'm driven a little I'm, more, more, I'm just
3: obsessed with it. And I think you have to be a little mm-hmm. obsessive about it because it's such a hard, challenging um, and I'm hiding my mm, head. Yes, high, she's totally right. High <laughs> risk Definitely. environment. So I'm obsessed with it. But I also um was pretty obsessed with getting rid of fossil fuels in our housing stock. Mm -hmm. And so that's really kind of what drives me endlessly is the two combined. And I just, I always love looking at areas and saying oh I could redo that or I want to do that or what would I do here yeah, that's it's like a fun visual planning yeah. yeah
2: you're the person that's kind of drive what the way I remember it is that you were the person driving some of the like more the visual the aesthetics yeah. so it's interesting to hear that you're also driven by the building
3: science behind yeah. it oh or... definitely that's definitely me too pushing the envelope on the lead house was all me <laughs> like just can we push it as far and hard as we can and then Jonathan keeps the financial piece in check so I don't yeah blow the budget
1: and the other part of my question was as women developers do you think you bring something unique to the table or are you really just getting the job done
0: well, I would have asked, you know, when you first posed that question, I'd be like, it's the same job. It's mm-hmm. the same job for men as it is for women. Mm-hmm. But I do think men and women approach it differently. A hundred percent. Just the way you think about things, the way you problem solve, the way mm-hmm. you juggle. I mean, it's a part part and parcel mm-hmm. of every mom's life that you're always juggling multiple, yeah, you know, multiple deadlines and demands and needs and balancing. And that is what project management is in mm-hmm. in you know development and construction also Mm -hmm. it's just thinking ahead to that next what do we do when this thing happens and that thing happens and that thing happens and what's the backup plan yeah i'm guessing
1: you're often though the only woman or one of the only women in the room among contractors and even bankers and others
3: all the time yeah but it's unusual to have three of us women in the room right Mm -hmm. one thing i will say i feel like is different is women's safety I feel like I bring that to the table and oftentimes it's like glazed over, but I'm always like, all right, we have a blind corner here. If I'm mm. a woman walking around this, what are we doing to protect oh, them? And everybody's just kind of looking at me. Mm. Remember the dead corner? I do. Like absolutely. you, you know, and I was like, mm. yeah. So you're like looking at dead corners. What would I do? Mm. How would I walk through here and feel safe? And
1: Explain what a dead corner is.
3: It's just like anywhere somebody could kind of hide
1: and
3: yeah. it.
0: You know, in in this
3: room that we're sitting in is sort of a funny like shape. Where that is? Like
1: no, I know. I was just trying to explain you know. to the listeners.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you if you came into this room, I mean, we had this conversation yeah. about is does a light come on automatically? Do you have to find a switch? Are you walking into a dark room? And is there someplace somebody can hide in the corner where you can't see mm-hmm. them? Yeah. yeah. So in this case, we were talking about, I think, the bicycle room. Yes. In our Mercy Project, which mm-hmm. is a really big room. Huge. Mm-hmm. So you're walking in, you know, you're alone, You're there's 95 bicycles in here with you, mm-hmm. and are there corners where somebody could
3: be hiding and waiting? Yeah. And we eliminated those corners. Yeah. So everything is well lit. But that's something no in. man would ever think about, you yeah, know. Don't. No, they don't have to, and that's fine. It's not... Because, right. you know, it's just not something that is a priority. You yeah, know?
2: I think that we do bring a different way of thinking. And it, it is, it's unusual, I think, where you get so many capable people coming together and you would see a whole team and there would be this many women at yeah. the table. Like,
1: and did I, you ever find it was tough getting into this business? Or you're both very successful at what you do. Did you find it was difficult as a woman to be successful in this business? Or did you just sort of steam forward and I'm going to get this done? Catherine's answer, I think I know. She's just going to get it done.
3: I seem forward, but I feel like it's challenged still every day. I feel like I have to prove myself even. Mm -hmm. with the fact like nobody knows I work half the time (laughs) like everyone knows Jonathan nobody knows I'm even part of it and then they'll know you now I mean I don't know so then I just feel like I'm constantly trying to having to be like no I do know what I'm talking about here I have done this once or twice you know yeah I think you're right it's it's a constant I Mm -hmm. think that in any new
0: setting where it's a new group of people you have to prove your chops. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. more than other folks have to prove their yeah. chops. Like, what are you doing here? What do you know? What do you bring? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say that when I started, I was very often the only woman in every room. Mm-hmm. And that's not true today. I mean, mm-hmm. we're evidence of one, yeah. but our team includes another one. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. And we. Um, very capable. Emily McConnell? Yes. Mm-hmm. And my, you know, our Verdante project, we had. A woman project manager on the construction side and a woman architect oh, yeah, I
2: think
0: um, I meant, I meant so there I are more and wrong more wrong. women There are mm-hmm. more and more professional women mm-hmm. in all roles. And I find more professional women in construction yeah do you
1: seek that out? do you purposely look for a woman architect or banker or construction owner or are you just looking for the best price and the best quality and
3: i I, I want best, best to be price for, yeah. best quality I yeah. mean it just the yeah. numbers are you, you yeah. have to be realistic about it,
0: you know um. I wouldn't say that, that I would seek, specifically seek someone out for that reason, but I mean, gravitate, I gravitate towards professional women, mm-hmm. you know, so it's always gratifying to yeah. find a female architect that you really connect with and whose work you like. Yeah, I, I think what's an,
2: a nice thing, I think, for me is like you don't discount somebody. Because they're a woman. Yeah. Like, you're just not. That's not something that... Don't look that at me like that. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Craig it is not be, discounting it you. It might be
2: time
1: for me to leave the room.
2: <laughs> well, I was going to say that we have... Um, at, so, I'm on the executive committee with Craig. He's the president, like we said, and we're hanging out. A lot of, there's really, really capable women... But not a lot of developers at Merida. So we've got like um, Paula Mahoney does our uh, PR. Shelly Clark is the ED. Elizabeth Frazier is the attorney that we do a lot of um, advocacy. Kim Twitchell, MBT, Bank. These are all active women, but not in development per se. Um, really smart, capable. And so I. it is nice. Like I feel like... I am a lot of times around a lot more women than I used to be 20 years ago when I first started, but I'm still, it's still mostly men. Yeah.
3: I, well, one of the challenges is like, it's cause I can't go to those, like I'm dealing with the kids. I can't mm-hmm. physically attend. If I'm not working, mm-hmm. I'm taking care of the kids and doing all the other stuff. So, so how many kids do you so have right three? now? So three. At home still? Yeah. And so the privilege of that that time, yeah. I, I personally don't have, but mm-hmm. Jonathan does, and that's maybe why he's more well known. Correct. That's yeah. that's the mm-hmm. challenge of the female male role for sure. That's true. What about you? Well, I was going
0: to say, so about five years ago, when I joined New High Group, we had a little switch in my family. So my husband sold his business Mm -hmm. and there was an opportunity and we recognized this disconnect that Catherine just described. Mm -hmm. And so we made a family decision that he would be Mm -hmm. Mr. Mom. Mm -hmm. and So my husband does the the majority of the childcare and carting people around and meal planning and cooking and... I pick up my briefcase and kiss and goodbye and leave in the morning (laughs) and feel guilty all day long. No, How old are your kids? So I only have one. I have one son, and he's 17. Right on.
3: Well, that's great. And Catherine, how old are yours? Mine are 14, 16, and 18. But, like, I used to carry one on the bucket on the job sites. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have her... In the bucket yep. to the job site. We to, not literally a bucket. Yeah. Well, I called it the bucket, the little persie. oh, oh the, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, gallon bucket. <laughs> and I would go and I plop her down and yep. deal with everything. And
0: Catherine has earned her strength. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. I you know? You know. I have three. Can't do and that. And they anymore. come
3: into
2: the office yeah. all the time. They're yeah. very comfortable coming to the job with me. Yeah. And how old are they? Yeah. Uh, Rise fourteen, Aces twelve, and Evie's ten. Right. And so yeah, they're in it. Yeah.
1: And I think it's important for kids to see really strong moms doing a Mm -hmm. lot. So I applaud you all for doing both. I know it's not easy. Um, I don't know the half of it, but. Instapart,
2: it's saving me. I don't know you guys, but I'm like, I don't have to go to the grocery store. It's worth it.
1: I'd like to sort of move back into uh, the development process because you're both very good at what you do. And we could talk about Mercy or one of these other projects. But I know Mercy, Erin and I talked about this yesterday, that project took four or five years just in... Um, getting the deal, mm. getting approvals. Erin, can you go over that timeline and sure. just how, what does it really take to get a large project like that through? And then, Catherine, maybe you could talk about one of your larger deals, and, and so people really understand
0: the timeframes. So maybe you can compare Forty Five Forest and Mercy because they're both existing buildings and mm-hmm. they're both historic rehabilitation projects. They're not they're not similar in size, but one of the big differences is that your building was vacant yes. for a while.
3: Ours for and like and 20 years. Yeah. And yeah. Mercy was occupied up till the day. During <laughs> the pandemic started. as yeah. a hospital.
0: <laughs> so wow. I started earlier, Earlier, I talked a little bit about the RFP process. So we went through an RFP process in order to buy the building. And then and that we went was 2018, through, you said, right? So that's like 2018 into 2019. Yeah. And then 2019, we spent most of the year sort of working with Mercy to yeah. figure out you know what, the deal structure would be, mm-hmm. and we ended up with a sale lease back. Mm-hmm. So, by the time we were done with that documentation out in the marketplace looking for equity, we found some wonderful partners in Redfern properties. And by the time we put the finding thing together and closed the deal, mm-hmm. we were two weeks ahead of the pandemic. We just bought a hospital. Oh my god, COVID hit. <laughs> we looked at each other and said, Oh my god, what have we just done?
1: But that was a <laughs> like two, and we had half two half years year in. lease,
0: like, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, you're already two and a half years yeah. in, and you haven't started anything.
0: Right, and currently we're obviously doing other things at the same yes. time, but that's really what it takes. So at this point, we own mm-hmm. the building, we have a plan, mm-hmm. and we start executing the plan. And the plan involved rezoning the whole campus, which is three acres, mm-hmm. just over three acres. It's right in the middle of So department. you
1: closed on the property before you had approvals.
0: Correct. Did you already have ZACO on? No. No. Can no, I just that's say
1: like, that's ballsy? Yeah. It may not be a word I'm allowed to use, but that Interesting is.
0: Interesting choice of words. I understand. Considering that. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, the I've, yeah. I've never
1: been known for my time. <laughs> <Right, right, right. laughs>
0: uh, well, okay. So, to be clear, I mean, it's not that we didn't do any legwork. Like, we had done a lot of legwork already on the zoning with the city. So, we had had lots of conversations with the staff yeah. about the zoning process and what was the likely landing. We had had lots of conversations already with the neighborhood in preparing our RFP and then through the process with the hospital. So, you know, we had done a lot of this work, but no, we didn't have any approvals in place. We didn't have the zoning in place. So that's where we started. You know, the team, the New High Redford team out there talking to the neighborhood, talking to the planners. So we rezoned the entire campus and then we started permitting the individual parcels. And a part part of that was to Portion off part of the campus, which we optioned to community housing in Maine and the Portland Housing Authority for their new construction affordable housing projects, while we were finalizing the plans for the hospital building. Wow. So we've got market rate housing, we've got some retail. And did you
1: get your zoning done under the ten percent rule for IZ as opposed to we the twenty five? We did. So and we've talked about this, but you no. folks are actually building and including. The ten percent, which I guess is like sixteen or 17,
0: 17 units, seventeen units, yep. and they'll be
1: scattered throughout the building. The yep. building, and then Charm is building some affordable housing.
0: They're building a hundred units, a
1: hundred units of all affordable housing, right. but that's sort of
2: different. That doesn't sound against the no requirements. No. It doesn't.
0: It, they're not connected in right. any way legally, so it, it's not. It's not fulfilling our inclusionary zoning requirements. We're right. meeting those in our building.
1: Could you have made this development work? Under the twenty-five percent rule, the new twenty-five percent rule, or do you just not know?
0: Well, I mean, we never modeled it that way, so I can't say conclusively yes or no. But my gut says maybe forty. Maybe. So
3: forty-five forest is under the new twenty. That was going kind to of be my next one. Mm-hmm. So you're... So here's what would what would happen is the units would have gotten smaller. <laughs> yeah. And and you'd have to get and You can't yeah. go up anymore. You're at
2: mercy. Are you working within? So, we actually yeah. demolished about 60,000 square I know, feet. I
0: know. D- I walked by. It's crazy. Like, and then you yeah.
1: added a little square footage.
0: Yeah, not a lot. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're about 200,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: so, start to finish, like almost five years.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. Easily five years. Federal Street, five years. So Federal
1: Street is five years. And how about uh, this Fortis?
3: Fortis was a little, I mean, we tried to build by the building for six years before we even got our hands on it. But um, it's crazy how long things take. I know. It takes a long time. But that one's probably about four years.
1: So still quite a bit.
3: Yeah. Maybe a little less. And Catherine,
1: how many developments do you have? Those are three that you're involved in. Are there another one or two today? Yeah. You have a fourth?
3: The Winter Street townhomes, which is part oh, of Winter the, Street, yeah. okay,
1: that's part it's, of so the, the core Merceries. construction yeah. site. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah.
3: And then yeah. we have the rest of the parking lot, and then yeah, which could not be built under the current because right. it's new construction. So the distinction, like Federal Street, is new construction, right? There's yeah. no existing physical feature, right. um, so that and that's
1: under the ten percent rule.
3: It, that one's under the ten percent rule, but we spent three weeks in a room grinding five million dollars out of that budget to like bring it over the finish Uh line at five percent because that or ten percent that's right before that's right. right before Construction the just started yes. to
1: go. Yeah. I remember those discussions. To Eighty-three
3: thousand dollars yeah,
0: for I mean, three thousand square yeah. feet. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the thing that folks sort of lose sight of is it's not just it didn't just go from ten percent to twenty-five percent, but the rents went from a hundred percent of AMI down to eighty. 80. Yeah. yeah. So
1: appreciate
0: we all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we you know we appreciate the goal. Yeah. Of course. But essentially, it's an unfunded mandate because there is no financing available for that below market segment of the population. Right. So with a funding source, we could do it every day. Yeah. So, you know, it works a little better when you have an existing building. So you're not building, you don't absorb the full cost of building the whole building, uh, at least a shell. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And then- And
3: we're using tax credits. And we have tax credits. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. the tax credits and the existing- Help. Help make it possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And when, um, when do people start to take occupancy on both of the all three of these projects?
3: Mm. So, <laughs> forty five is going to be um, accelerated to August first this year. So this summer. Yeah, nice. and then um, Mercy is we're doing that in two phases. Yeah.
0: So uh, September, yeah. September. So we'll, our first phase will roll out in late summer, early early fall this year yeah. and then the second phase will be early next year. Can you remind year.
2: us what is are you holding? You 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 hold some of them, right? The Hiawatha you manage as rentals? We hold,
3: we have all of them. You hold everything I've them. built other than those that's condos. Initial, every yeah. apartment we keep.
0: You
2: do. For okay, ourselves. so you have a management company managing Well we don't but we're still going to You did and then didn't Jonathan tell me you guys were like getting out of it and then did you are you
3: no. Oh no, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. no, yeah. no, no. no. We're getting into it. Yeah we're getting, we're getting into it. Into and when it.
1: will Federal Street be ready?
3: Uh February of twenty
1: twenty-four. So next. Yeah, so February. like a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're a busy. Year from now. Yeah. Um you got a lot going on. Is it fun?
0: It's terrific. And I, I think, you know, Craig, you and I were talking about the fact that development companies are typically small. Mm. Reference four people, new heights four people, mm. you know, most development companies are four people. And so mm. when you have this much going on, it's
3: super helpful to have Another four brains working three. on it. <laughs> Redfern was three. Yeah. It's just me, Jonathan, and Hans. It was Jonathan yeah. and I for until yeah. last year, yeah. basically. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. It was just you guys. Remember when you're in the little that little garage with the yeah. glass doors on yeah. Washington Avenue? Yeah. I
2: love that. Uh, yeah. So what would you say um is can I just ask Catherine, I wanted to say working with a family member? Is mm-hmm. something that just came the to the husband? Mind. Yeah. You like, mean? Yeah.
3: What's it? <laughs> oh, that husband? guy. <laughs> I guess that we don't talk to each yeah. other. <laughs> <Sandra> <laughs> Lane, you do the money, I'll do this. But, <laughs> do, you know, do you have any thoughts around that that you could share? Like what's good about it, what's bad about I it? I mean, it can be challenging, you know, at times. It's good because I do think it takes a certain type of support mm-hmm. to be understanding of this commitment that we have out there, Mm -hmm. you know, like financially you have to be on the same page Mm -hmm. or else I could see how that could be very challenging in a relationship. Um, but it works out it Works out for us, yeah,
0: clearly. Yeah, you guys are nailing You're it. a good example of how to make it work. that's right. Yeah,
3: well, we bet heads a lot, as you've seen in our meetings. <laughs> well, we, <we're>, no,
2: <laughs> it's always kind of funny. Like, I worked for um, a husband wife once in a sandwich shop, and I was like, Oh, I'll never, I don't like yeah. the idea of working with family members, but yeah. you know, now I have a, all kinds of family members that work with me, so yeah. we just kind of figured it out. So,
0: yeah, I don't know. I think well, it's so cool. I, you trust one another, and yes. I think. Not to gloss it, I mean, I want to just underscore something Catherine just said, but there's a certain kind of stress, and there's a certain sort of if you're working a problem, you don't stop thinking just because the business day ended. Yeah. yeah. And so chewing on that and sort of having your partner understand that you're trying to solve mm-hmm. something and you're not going to be able to stop thinking about it yeah. until you figure it out.
1: Yeah. I think that's one of the key things yeah. you mentioned is you can go home and have a bad day and Jonathan should understand that he's mm-hmm. had the same bad day with the same contractor or the same issue.
3: Right.
1: And that's probably not true for most couples um, who have very different jobs. Right. And it's hard to understand what your spouse or partner might do. Right. You folks, good or bad, yeah, fully understand that yeah. difficulty of the day. Yeah, um,
2: it can be like two tuning forks. Though in my world, it's like you come home and somebody's like still got something going on, and you can kind of like make it worse instead of better. I'm in sure some you ways.
1: bring it home a little too much, but yeah, you know that's. Very- Nature of the beast, it's right? fun though
3: to like. We have very interesting dialogues at home, like yeah. which is fun to be able to have that intellectual piece where you're yeah. bouncing ideas and what about this and what about yeah. that. So that I and a little enjoy off that.
2: the record, a little like we're just getting to play around with it as yeah. opposed to being like on at work and on the
3: right.
0: Yeah. Exactly. We do and when need to own you be... your own company. I think you yeah. can decide whether you're going to have that conversation on the record at home or yeah. off the record. Yeah. At true. home. yeah, that's true. exactly. Yeah. We
1: do need to begin to wrap this up, but I do have two other questions I wanted to get to. One is, um, are any of your children involved or show any interest in your real estate endeavors?
0: I can answer. No.
3: No. Definitely. My husband's interested, but not my son. That's cool. I think um, our 18-year-old is probably curious about it because we do talk about it as a family situation, and we're doing this for our family, um, mm-hmm. and that's true.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I'd say our middle daughter, not so much, but our youngest daughter is definitely, definitely interested. That's, that's great. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And she's got a great role model, yeah. I and mean, that's the fun oh, thank thing. You. Mm-hmm. And
1: I know mom likes Twitter. Because oh, I follow Mom you, likes and this is Catherine I'm talking about. <laughs> like, Mom likes Twitter. Catherine, tell me about Twitter and oh, Twitter. one of your more recent uh, tweets. Tweets. Because <laughs> I'm not into it so much. Was a photo of the Hiawatha, and you made a comment how uh, this morning you were. Yeah, um, that was this morning. I think. Tell me, tell oh, me no, no, about no, no. that. I got to check it. Tell out. me about why Twitter is important so to you and why that drove you crazy.
3: Um. So I I love Twitter because I've actually made some really interesting connections on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think personal connections, which mm-hmm. you wouldn't think you would do, mm-hmm. but I get a lot of amazing information. It depends on how you use Twitter. Obviously, your experience is what you make of yeah. it. A little bit, you have mm-hmm. to kind of drown out. I get a lot of clutter, other noise. stuff too mm-hmm. that I just try and drown out. But um, I learn about a ton about urban planning mm-hmm. and um development in other areas. I'm obsessed right now with the Builders Remedy, which is happening out in California as part of their housing element. Mm. Obsessed with how that's shaking out. So I get Mm. all my information on Twitter about that um, and then link through it, all the various articles and stuff. so.
1: So if you don't follow Catherine, you should. I do. And she retweets really interesting real estate and real estate development stuff. And I'm not kidding. You're one of the people I really follow. And I'm always like, oh, here's a Catherine thing. I have to read this. It's really good. Do you tweet?
0: I'm not, but I'm going to now. I'm (laughs) going to follow Catherine. And then my last
1: question is, are either of you mentors? Um, Have you ever thought about mentoring? And Shannon and I would both like to sign up. Yeah, take (laughs) us. Do you mentor?
0: So I have. Um, reluctantly uh, for a long time, I loved my job at community housing in Maine cause I could just make all the decisions, and get mm. the work done. And it sort of, it takes time and it takes energy. And I believe if you're going to do it, you have to really do it right. Do it well. Yeah. And then when opportunities started to open up at new height and I wanted to do some different things, I realized that if I didn't help fill that job with the next generation, I was never going to be able to leave it. Yeah. So that was, that was really good incentive. So I feel very sort of proud of um the two and now three people um that replaced me at community housing maine so i have had that experience and people reach out all the time i'm sure this happens to you too yeah. Yeah. but i don't I, there's not an extra minute in the day yeah. to Agreed. make that happen no yeah, today yeah, we were right. all like,
1: Coming we're sorry, in on two wheels. yeah, just too busy yeah. to really. Just,
3: I can barely right. take a shower, let alone mentor somebody right now, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, maybe I'll just put a
0: little plug in for Marita's program because um, I have been invited to participate in some of the. Um, events that have been set up for mm-hmm. the year, I think it's a mentorship program. We do have a mentorship, yeah. yeah. And so those have been really fun. One of those was a panel discussion with mm-hmm. Roxanne Cole and mm-hmm. Kim Twitchell. Yeah. And it was on this topic, sort of, how did you get into this profession yeah. that you're in? And it was a really interesting conversation. Yeah. And lots of folks who sort of aspire to be developers in the audience asking questions about how to get started. Is that a Develop Me? Yeah. It was a Develop yeah. Me. Yeah, it was a love develop that. Me the Develop Me yeah. is really great. It's like the gateway drug to Marita and I, honestly, I, I think it's a great thing for Marita because of what you just heard from both of us. About. Yeah, If you're doing it, you're really, really busy and you're on a small team and so it's hard to make space for Neat that time. time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, great. Thanks for the plug. Um, so
2: did you want to do those, those yeah. little questions? This is Craig's idea. He started Speaks, this so Dating it. Is
3: this so, me It is, it is. Yeah. so we have like five little quick, fun questions.
1: A little bit about your personality. If you don't want to answer it, don't. If you do, please do. But say after a long day, and it sounds like you both have plenty of long days, um, or you have something to celebrate, what's your go-to drink? Do you like whiskey, wine, water, or just something else?
3: Champagne. Mm, red enough. wine. Nice. nice. All
1: right. And as you know, Maine is a foodie state. What's your favorite go-to restaurant and
3: where? Primo's in Rockland. Oh, yeah, Oh, no. geez. That's a good one. Yep. Well, I'm still heartbroken about Baharat. Yeah. No. Oh, I haven't I quite that. figured I, out. My nothing
1: time. better there on a summer day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The doors oh, are open. You're sitting amazing. on that. It was great. I don't know why that didn't work. I would I was say right all
3: now, honestly, it's I think Bruno's. I I yeah. Oh, I love Bruno's. Oh, I love Bruno's. And they have great cosmopolitan's, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Is that out on Avenue? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 No, I've been there once. That's great.
1: Uh, winters can be long. Summers aren't long enough. Uh, do you have a favorite vacation spot you like to go to, either in Maine or somewhere else?
0: Summer or winter. You decide. I like the Bahamas in the
3: winter. I was just going to say, right <laughs> now it's so cold. <laughs> Get us Hope out Town on Elbow Key. Nice. <laughs> we went to Costa Rica, and I'm have to. i a huge I fan it. after it. That's the first time I've ever been. We just went this christmas and Good for yeah. i can't wait to go back yeah i loved it i was
1: there a year ago <laughs> oh my uh gosh. favorite book either business or just something fun to read a do you single have time? Book? <laughs> mm. yeah. i have to listen a single
2: book while cleaning because i can't if i open a book fall asleep so
3: books on tape definitely for yeah. my drive audio or uh, yeah. i'd have to say books. right now can i do a podcast instead sure. mm. i'm listening to the murdoch murders oh yeah yeah which is by mandy matney who is has been covering the Alec Murdoch situation in South Carolina for the last two years? So I am deep into that one. Nice.
1: And if you weren't a premier developer, what would you want to do?
3: Nothing. I couldn't do anything other than I feel like this is literally bred into me for some bizarre <laughs> some reason. I don't know why, but I can't imagine it's in your doing DNA. anything else.
1: I don't have another
0: thing I want to do. Yeah, You,
1: you know. love what you do.
2: That's yeah, it. I do. This is the hardest thing to do, and you're so good at it that you know you're in the right thing. You yeah. guys are just nailing it.
0: There's ne- I mean, there's always something to learn. Like, you mm-hmm. never can know it all. You can yeah. still be surprised. There's creative. Mm-hmm. And there's all- And I, I think the other thing is that once you've done it, you know you can do it. And that, that's really heady to mm-hmm. know that you can bring together the pieces to make it happen, that you can make a difference. And every building makes a difference. Yeah. Agreed.
1: Well, you don't need me to tell you this, but you're impressive.
0: Yeah. Well, thank and so
1: congratulations. You know, and I can't wait to see these projects that you're working on finished so we can walk through them. Absolutely. And I'll let Shannon sort of wrap it up.
2: Yeah, it's just great to have you both. And I'm a huge fan. And keep it up. And thank you so much for making time. Thanks for the Thanks opportunity. Thanks for having us. Yeah. that
3: was fun. Great.
1: Thank you to all our members. And thank you to those that have helped make this season of Merida Matters possible with their sponsorship including sponsors NBT Bank and Landry French. Also, we have to thank the wonderful and amazing Shelley Clark, the heart of Merida, and our executive director.
0: Thanks, everyone. Until next time, be well.